Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Twitter or Instagram, follow me at Strict Anonymous. If you want to be on the show, this is a call and advice show where I talk to people about all kinds of things. A lot of times people don't want advice. They're just calling in to talk about like their naughty private lives. Uh, everybody remains anonymous on my show. That's why it's called Strictly Anonymous. I change everybody's voice. If you want advice for any kind of problem or you just want to call in to share your naughty secret life, send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. I love speaking to women. So if you're a female and you're listening to this show and you want to be on, send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Today I do have on a female. Her name is Julie. Julie called so long ago. I still have so many episodes I taped so long ago. (laughs) ready to be aired. That's why I'm airing more episodes now. Now I air episodes every Sunday and Wednesday. And I think I'm going to add on Fetish Fridays and air some episodes on Fridays too, because I have so many already taped. But um, Julie called me a long time ago in the middle of COVID. And uh, she had just got kind of dumped by a guy she was dating, a guy she met on Tinder. But the twist with the guy was that he was married and she knew going in that he was married. Okay. She went into that relationship with a married man and got fucking taken for a ride. And then 
She, it all ended. His wife actually found out. Um, but there's bad, there's so much backstory to this episode. She was raised in the Mormon community. She had a lot of abandonment in her life with her father and her mother. She had an abusive ex-husband that she left. She had recently moved to Salt Lake City. She had left her religion. She was going through a lot in this dysfunctional relationship showed up in her life and she took it, but it ended. And, you know, she called in because I think she was still a little confused about the ride she had just went on. And I feel like been there, fucking done that. Okay. I, I've been in lots of bad relationships and were taken and whatever. And that's where she was at. Okay. Don't go on YouTube and trash her for what she did. Listen to her whole story. Nobody's perfect. People do fucked up things. That's just life. Okay, leave her fucking alone. And don't comment about me talking too much in this episode because when people call up looking for advice, which she did, I give it to them, which means I have to fucking talk. This is the middle of COVID. Both of us hadn't talked to people in a long time. (laughs) So we talked away. I assume she is in a much better place now because this was a long time ago, though she had just ended a bad relationship. I really believed that she was right in front of like things really turning for the better in her life. I really felt that for her. I think her story is super interesting. So I'm going to be right back. I'm with Julie. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Oh, hey, Julie. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today? I am good. How are you? I'm good. So listen, um, I've had other Mormons on the show and I always get a little excited because I always have all these questions about the whole Mormon religion because it's fascinating to me. I forget because I haven't had on a Mormon in a while, but like there's a lot of interesting things, you know, that go on or that you're raised to believe in the Mormon community that has to do with sex, right? And then I always have all the the people who I've had on my show have all these crazy sexual experiences. So it's always, you know... Maybe is it interesting or is it a coincidence or is that what happens when like you repress people so much? I don't know. But I do know that you emailed me and there's like a lot of stuff going on and I was a little confused. So I don't know where you want to start. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just basically called to kind of vent and get stuff off my chest maybe. Like I don't talk to people very often. So I'm kind of a loner. I'm just saying I'm confused <laughs> because you wrote in as a different name and I didn't know whether you were a man or a woman and you said a lot of his and hers and wife's and there was a lot of drama going on. So I do. So and I didn't know who. Totally. So that's why I don't really remember the exact scenario. So just give me like the overview of the scenario and then I'm going to ask all the questions. Totally. Yeah. Um, basically I got out of a bad marriage and moved to Salt Lake city and I was raised Mormon and very, just kind of very repressed sexually and always told that everything was bad, you know, the whole story. Mm -hmm. Um, and so basically I just hadn't been with anybody else in 15 years. Like, my ex wasn't Mormon or anything, but, um, I was just very like sexually repressed and like very, everything was bad, you know? How long were you married for? For 15 years? Yeah. For 15 years from the time I was 21. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so basically I left that relationship right before the pandemic hit and just kind of landed in Salt Lake city. 
And I was raised in a church in Portland, Oregon, which is way more liberal and way less like Mormon. So like I had kind of more of a free like upbringing and stuff. But then coming to Salt Lake, all of a sudden it was like really a culture shock. It was like, whoa. What brought you to Salt Lake? Like, why did you choose that when you got divorced? Um, Because my brother is here and my niece and they're like the only people I know. So it was family, right? Yeah, family related. So, um, yeah, basically, like, I just got here, had only been with one person for, like, the last 15 years and just started going on Tinder. Mm -hmm. And I just met a married guy. And he's totally Mormon and has, like, the huge family and everything else and the temple marriage and everything else like that. And it was just, I guess, like a shocking experience for me. Like, I don't, I don't know. It just kind of put me down this rabbit hole that I've never been before. Cause I've always been so like prude and sexually repressed. And I just feel like, uh, I don't know. It was just like an eye opening, like whole experience for me. I think like, I have listened to your podcast in the past. Like I kind of purposely didn't before I called you. Cause I just wanted to have like a fresh mind about it. Yeah. But I mean, the stuff people talk about on your show is totally like beyond my realm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, but, but I love, I have to say, and I say this a lot on my intro, like even if you have a regular problem, call into my show, you know, about love or sex or relationships. Cause I love that stuff too. And I think that stuff is really relatable, you know? So you don't have to have crazy sex stories, but I wonder, cause you said that, you know, dating this married man or whatever you did with him like sent you down a rabbit hole I mean how did you start dating him to begin with like did he tell you he was married did it come up after you liked him did you find out later on yeah just from tender like I had never even been on tender before last year and the whole like online dating thing was totally shocking to me like I was totally out of touch with it and so I just put myself out there with like a sexy picture not even knowing what I wanted just like a rebound you know and this guy like I swiped through, you know how it is, so many hundreds of people. <laughs> no, like, I don't. I've never done Tinder. Like, you haven't? Oh, my God. It's no. a shit show. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> like, right. But anyways, I met a couple people and, like, kissed a little and touched or whatever. But then, like, this one guy, I just totally was like, that one's mine. And I just, like, we started chatting. And he did tell me on Tinder that he was married. Like, he didn't put it in his profile. But... I went forward with it, like, knowing that he was married and not having any expectations of it, you know. But still, it was just, like, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to process, like, why I even did it, you know, and, like, what does it all mean? Could it be because you were, like, it could be on some level, and I have to ask you a million more questions and listen to more of the story, um, but it could be because you really weren't ready for a relationship. So there was some, there was a, there was some sort of safety in that. You know what I mean? You smelled, you smelled his unavailability and you were like, that's my guy because maybe you're not available (laughs) yet. (laughs) No, I'm not totally divorced yet. So, yeah, there's that, too. And, like, I never told him that or anything. Not that that even matters, honestly, in a scenario like that. It's, like, fucking around, you know. So, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm just... It's been exactly one month since we haven't contacted each other since it's like I found out and it blew up and everything. And so, oh yeah, yeah, you got to slow down. You got to slow down. Okay, first I want to ask <laughs> you. First, of my first question that it goes back to your your other relationship. Were you um, were you a virgin when you married your husband? No, I had 
some sexual experience. Like, my family was kind of the black sheep Mormon family, and mm-hmm. I always was kind of rebellious, I guess, is how my family would probably put it. But, um, yeah, no, I had a boyfriend at 17 that I had sex with. I had probably some traumatic sexual experiences early on. Like, I remember, like, I mean, the first time I watched porn was probably, like, six years old. I mean, honestly, I think people in my generation, like, are exposed to it pretty young, you know. So How old are you? I kind of knew. I'm 37. Okay, right. So, so it was around. It was on the computer. You could just go to your mom's yeah. computer and just, like, find it. Yeah, mm-hmm. or in their bedroom or right. something like that. Uh-huh. So, yeah, no, I just remember always feeling really, like, sexual. Like, I always wanted to, like find somebody that I could have sex with like all the time like a lot but like that didn't really happen in my marriage so that did it that did it no like I don't think me and my ex ever had like a strong like sexual chemistry so I'm trying to like find that now I think did you have it before him maybe with like my first boyfriend I guess there was a lot of like sexual energy like he cheated on me and blah blah but um, I didn't have very, like, really my ex-husband that I married when I was 21 was the first real relationship I had. Like, I hooked up with some guys before that. Like, I lived in Portland and partied and stuff like that from the age of, like, 16 to 21 is when I got married. But, yeah, my dad died young, and I didn't have anyone looking over me, and I just kind of did whatever the fuck I wanted from 16 on. Right, right. Where was your mom? She got remarried really quick and kind of just ditched out on me and my brothers and um, started a whole new thing. And I don't even like talk to her. Like, so what were you home alone? I, Where the fuck were you living? Yeah, honestly, like I just threw parties at my parents' house and had people from Portland over. And I had like my grandparents lived close by and some family, like some Mormon family. And I'm sure they were like worried about me, but I just did whatever the fuck I wanted. I just smoked weed and drink and is that why you got married so young because it was like a sense of stability for you to just like you know sort of plant yourself somewhere I think so like I lived in a ski town when I met my ex-husband when I was 21 like I snowboarded and stuff and worked at a resort there and like everyone just kind of left town in the summer and we were just there and that's how we met and it was kind of just random but So, yeah, I don't know. Um, Because that's young to get married at 21. I mean, I think sometimes I get it when it's like religious reasons because it's in your church and that's the only way you could have sex. But even though you were Mormon, you were living in a, you were still in a very unconventional family, I think more so because of what happened with your father and your mother than the fact that you were Mormon. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. It was pretty dramatic for sure. Yeah. And there was like no restriction. There was barely any restrictions on you. I mean, it was kind of like a free for all. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the opposite. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess like, I got married young, yeah, because I kind of felt that expectation from my family because, like, I have a huge family. Like, I have, like, a hundred cousins and tons of aunts and uncles. Oh, yeah, there's a polygamist someplace involved in this story, right? Was that your father? Well, um, I just kind of know polygamists um, that aren't too far removed from the church. And, like, the married guy that I was seeing, like, he comes from polygamous lineage and he lives in, like, on 
in a neighborhood that used to be like owned by polygamists and right. stuff. It's just like we're in Salt Lake City. Like it's still here, you know. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can almost kind of tell when you walk around. There's certain like houses where you're like, wait, there's like four or five houses, and they all share one yard and one like playset. Like what's going on here? Like, oh, that's so funny. I go in, like I'll just knock on the door and be like, hey, I'm available. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Well, that's what I was thinking. Maybe it was in your family because you said you have hundreds of cousins. How do you have hundreds of cousins? Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com. Dot com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. I have, on each of my parents' side, they came from a big family, like six and seven siblings. And right, 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 right. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, so, yeah, I've kind of, I don't talk to any of my family, actually. Like, um, literally, I just, um, especially just the past month, I've been taking time to myself. But um, How come? Did something happen or out of nowhere? That, like, because I think you said you didn't, you haven't, you really didn't talk to your mother because she was kind of absent and just got remarried, right? And yeah. left you on your own. Who was the family that was pressuring you? Because then you said, I had pressure for my family. Was it all these other oh, people in your family? There aunts and uncles that still try to like contact me because they feel bad for me or they'll try to send like missionaries over. Like, it's been a while since the church has tried to contact me. Like, I officially resigned once I got to Salt Lake City because. I just saw it in my face more, and I'm like, fuck all this, and I just officially, finally resigned and got, like, the certificate. You know? Oh, wow. So, um, so like- yeah, I know. Like, my dad died really traumatically, and his siblings kind of try to contact me sometimes, I think, just out of guilt. How old were you when your dad died? I was 16, like, almost 17, and that's when, yeah, I just started having... I just made my own choices. I didn't make all bad choices. Like I went to college and I got some education and I take care of myself. Mm -hmm. I have a job. Like I had, I ran a business. I made six figures up until like a couple years ago. Like I'm okay. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Considering, I mean, I think like it's always interesting to me, the age that, uh, you know, a parent or someone close to you dies. My mom's dad died when she was 16. And I think that that's like, Listen, I think any age is horrifying for someone to lose their parent or their child. But different ages, I think it affects different, right? And I just think at 16, you know, that's really hard because you're old enough to really know what's going on. And you're in a weird age where you just want to be with your friends and everything. And you got this other thing. And if and you said he died, like, really tragically or what did what was the word you use? Like, yeah. He killed himself. He was Ugh. going through a divorce with my mom and with Mormons. That's like very dramatic. Like they don't get divorced. Like oh this guy God. that I was seeing just now, like he's not going to get divorced. I don't expect him to or want him to, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not a thing. And like, it was even more, I think now, so though it's more kind of accepted 
per se right. because so many people have like killed themselves and stuff. Like I have a cousin here in Salt Lake that killed himself. Like suicide is kind of prevalent. Like in because the of all the restrictions and what the the kind of guilt that yeah. they put on people. So for your for your father, it was like he's something's happening to him that is not acceptable. He was exposed in a way like that was very shaming to him and put on display oh. and very to where he just felt alone you know what I'm saying so I try to advocate of just helping people and supporting them and just loving people regardless you know what I mean that's the takeaway I got from that and is that why you stopped talking to your mother because did you feel like it was partly her fault like I mean because was it an ugly divorce or yeah like it was kind of totally her fault like Mormon and Mormon women are known to be just really dramatic and gossipy and she just like I don't know. She just doesn't know how to keep her mouth shut and she just is very disrespectful like person. And yeah, I don't know. I don't get along with her at all. I've just decided to cut like toxic people out of my life, you know, regardless. Well, listen, I mean, what happened back when you were 16, I mean, that probably left a bad taste in your mouth. I mean, it's on so many different levels. That's horrifying because both of your parents are involved. Here's one parent that died tragically and killed themselves. You have to deal with that. And then on another level, you only have one parent left, but this parent now you're not feeling good about because of their involvement, you know, so here you are at 16 left with no one almost, right? I mean, you know, so that's, uh, that's hardcore. Yeah. And it was either like, go along with their religion and get help from certain family members because there was people trying to help me, but I just didn't want to be a part of that religion. Like, right. So I just decided not to like take the help from people and not get like sucked into that mentality or, you know, so. Cause you, cause you probably looked at that religion killed your father. I mean, that's. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways. For yeah. Sure. Just, I feel like it's a mental illness, honestly. Like, it's I'm laughing, but it's not funny. Like, it's, right? It's fucked. And yeah. you just recently was were able to get out of it legally. Is yeah, that what you said? You can I mean, you legally resign. Yeah, but they give you a hard time about doing it. So just like once I got to Salt Lake City, there because there's just literally a church everywhere and temples too. Like I lived in Central Oregon before, where I would drive by a Mormon church maybe once a month at the most and there's no temple or anything and some of my mormon family lived in central oregon but i could kind of avoid them but here in salt lake city it's just like in your face and it's everywhere and the vibe is just like in the air and so i was just like fuck all this and i finally just resigned officially but it's interesting because you were in salt lake all this time right like you were dealing with this from very far and then when you really came back to like the homeland (laughs) it was like so in your face that it finally made you like cut the ties and maybe that's exactly what you needed to be in the center of it to really say enough is enough i'm done yeah for sure for sure yeah so yeah. but I know that you said that your guy that you married was physically abusive. Yeah, he was like, and that's just what made me finally leave. Like after like the fourth occurrence of that, like he never was up until like the year before we split up. What do you think drove him after? Cause you were with him for 15 years. So what do you think? Was there a change that happened to him? Was he always sort of working towards that? Like you saw little signs of it, I would think, throughout your marriage and then? Yeah, I did see signs, like red flags for sure, to where if I could go back in time, I would just like dump him probably within the first year. But what were those red flags? 
just escalation over little things for no reason Mm -hmm. and like gaslighting and like I've read a lot about narcissistic behavior now and I study a lot of psychology stuff and read a lot of stuff but Uh to try to figure my own self out and whatever but um yeah just like he came from an abusive past too yeah and I just think like with him coming from an abusive past and me coming from a traumatic past like uh, we didn't align we just like forced each other to align like we shouldn't have ever been together like we both had too much trauma and was too young you know getting married just for all the wrong reasons you were I think it's always very powerful for a woman who is in a physically abusive marriage or even just even if it's mental abuse if it's from a narcissist that's hardcore shit okay so to be able to really release yourself from that kind of situation is huge growth for you and Mm -hmm. and and, uh and you know I feel like we don't wind up with that person unless we're damaged to begin with so you know whether it was him or the next guy you were gonna maybe have to learn that lesson and and find that strength within yourself and now here you are and I think that that's really great that you got to that place you know and didn't because it's hard especially when the physical abuse starts I think a lot of people look at those kinds of situations all the time and they're like why don't you just fucking leave but it's like duh psychology 101 you know you get more entangled and it's it's less likely that you're going to leave so it's it's you know kudos to you and that you were able to you know how did you get that strength to leave um I just finally realized like I watch a lot of I uh used to watch a lot of shows just like about true crime and stuff and how physical abuse starts escalating and I just realized you're gonna wind up in a ditch yeah and like I we had a really successful business which made it hard to leave too because we were doing the best ever like financially so Mm -hmm. I think you know, that makes it hard and just history and just not feeling like you don't have any options or resources. And I finally just snapped and I left. Yeah. In the middle of the night at like 4am and just caught a flight to Phoenix and just called him and was like, I'm done. You know, so was he shocked. Yeah. But he still like to this day, hasn't said anything that would make me want to get back together with him. You know, like that's never going to happen. Like, I think he thinks he's still worthy of me reconciling with him, but he, you know, hasn't said what I need to hear or will never do that. So I'm never going to go back to that. He's probably not capable and he probably has a lot of things like uh, like a sick ego and a lot of other kinds of tendencies that would never allow him to say those right words. You know what I mean? Which is good because you would never want to go back to that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's a good thing for you. But this guy that you're with now is he are you still with him or is that broken up? Like the guy, the married guy? No. He's a married guy broke up exactly a month ago and he would just ended with him saying like, I'm in trouble, block this number, like his wife's number. And yeah, she contacted me a couple of times and is probably stalking me on social media or something. How did his wife find out? Is he the one that had a wife that fucked a 50 year old babysitter? I don't even, this is where your, yeah. your email to me was very confusing. I'm like, whose wife is fucking yes. the babysitter? And is the babysitter a woman or a man? Like this is no. like, so, what the fuck? It's just public knowledge. Cause like, I want to see who the fuck's like stalking me. So of course I looked this person's name up and that's how I found out she fucked 
the babysitter. It's just on mine. You know, she went to jail for it. What? And so, Wait, so this yeah. guy that your date that you were dating that's married and he's on tw- Tinder with his face on there that you could just like swipe yes. right and all her friends could see him. This is like, fuck yeah. Okay. So you start dating him he, and he's open about it. Like, yeah, I'm married. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And then how does his wife find out about you? He's so sloppy. He was, I mean, he's bound he to get caught. Sloppy. Yeah, of course. He's sloppy to be on Tinder. I think he almost wanted to get caught or something. What? Yeah. Yeah. He said he didn't care if he got caught. So it's like, Obviously. Okay. I was, just, yeah, I was but, like, just don't get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah, but of you course know. you're going to get in trouble. Wait, so, so he told you, though, straight up, like, I don't care if I get caught? Yeah, he just said it a couple times, like, oh, this is worth it and whatever, you know, so. How long did you date him b- before she found out? Um, nine months since like last April, like right before the virus or right after the virus hit, like, um, yeah, I had just got to Salt Lake city in February, then started going down the rabbit hole of online dating and then met him in April and it just like broke up on the 13th of last month. So we saw each other a couple times a week during that time. And he would just text me all day long. Like, I don't understand it, I guess is my thing. Like he's a 44 year old guy that's married with four kids. He's been married since he was like 17. And I just guess I don't know like his perspective of it. Like, why did he tell me he loved me and all this? Like, why did he go so deep into this? Like, but still wants to like stay married. You know, I don't know. I guess that's just the part of it. I don't quite understand. It could be so loaded, you know, I mean, first of all, does he, and his, he caught his wife cheating, right? I mean, how, how did he, and how did he get through that? Yeah. I never spoke to him about it directly, but, um, he had to have because she went to jail. I mean, he had to have. Oh my God. <laughs> you know? So the guy, the fifteen-year-old, was a woman or was a female or a male? A, was a boy. A boy babysitter. So they hired a boy babysitter for their kids. Yeah, they had four kids. Yeah. Okay, and so they and how did they? Did, was she having like an affair with this babysitter? Do you know the story? Was it in the paper? I think so. Yeah, in the paper, yeah. So there's like love letters and stuff. So. Oh like they had a <laughs> and he stayed with her. Yeah. Yeah, that says a lot about him. <laughs> I know. No, I mean, like, you know, I there's know. a, it's a g- complex situation and, and yeah. d- damage yeah. going on in his life, you know, yeah. to For have sure. been married to someone like that and then to stay with somebody after that. They have a lot of kids together, right? You said they have, they have four kids yeah. together. Yeah, they're all older now. And she might be a little mentally unstable that she's fucking a 15-year-old kid and then she winds up going to jail, you know. Yeah, that's true. And then the fact that he's cheating on her and making her even more crazy than she cheated on him. I mean, there's an, I wish I could get them on my show. I don't know what's going on there. I'll give them your number. No, don't, please. No, but how, how long ago did the wife have the affair? It was like in 2004, so... Like 15 years ago, I guess. She was 29 and he was, I think the kid was 14 or 15. Did you ever ask him how many times he's cheated on his wife? Did he say you're the only one? I mean, did you ask him about his history? Like, did he just start cheating? Was he, has he been seeing people since? Like, maybe he's been revenge fucking this whole time. 
He probably has. Like when I first met him, um, he mentioned he had three sexual partners. I didn't say ever specifically how many I had to him and he didn't ask, but um I do think he was probably talking to another woman like while he was talking to me this whole time. I don't I wouldn't put that like past him. You know what I mean? Like I just guess I mean, yeah, I think he's probably cheated a few times at least. Like if he got married at seventeen and says he has had three partners like I think his wife was probably the first and so he had to have fucked a couple other ladies at least like no but so it's let's usually count. double or triple like we say right yeah I would I mean let's just count he has a wife and he has you okay you slept with him she slept with him and he said he had a few a few is supposed to be three you said three so yeah. where's that yeah. one other person I don't believe him but yeah no I, I don't it doesn't matter if he's being honest or not it, I'm never gonna know and it's not like I need to know why did you break up with him because of the wife finding out yeah it was just like was a lot like we had had sex the day before and like he would text me all day from the time he woke up to when he went to sleep uh-huh. and then it just cut off all of a sudden the next day, like in the evening, he's just like, I'm in trouble, block this number. And that was just like the last time we talked, except a couple of times he like messaged me on LinkedIn or Google voice to just say like, Hey, like I can't see you anymore, but I love you, you know, or whatever. Oh my God, very dramatic. <laughs> yeah. And what did she so start saying know. to you? Did she send you texts and stuff? Yeah, she sent me a text with some nasty stuff and told me, like, I should kill myself like my dad did and just shit like that. How did she know about you? How did she know that shit? He told her? I don't know. Maybe he told her or she looked at my social media or something. And, yeah, I don't know. Um, Do you want to have great sex? Well, then you need to get yourself a motor bunny. Motor bunny is like a Sibian, but it's better. Because it's more advanced, but it's also more affordable. Motor Bunny rotates one way, and then it goes another way. No other saddle toy does that. And no other guy does that, right? Motor Bunny works for women, of course, but it also works for men. And if you're in a long-distance relationship, it has a remote control. It is wireless. You could get your partner off from wherever you are at any time. Motor Bunny is a two times AVN award winning machine that is going to get you off harder and better than anyone can. <laughs> and today I'm going to give you $60 off your Motor Bunny. All you need to do is go to motorbunny.com and use my code strictly when you purchase either the original Motor Bunny or Motor Bunny Buck. That's $60 off Motor Bunny Original or Motor Bunny Buck. All you got to do is go to motorbunny.com and use my code strictly or go to the description below click on the link and $60 will be automatically applied at checkout thanks motorbunny for sponsoring this episode why on your social media if someone like rifles through it and really does a deep dive they could find out that information yeah i had a a public profile like i took most of my stuff down right now i'm just taking a break off social media but Uh um yeah i had some stuff up there like i didn't have too much stuff posted but just on instagram just um oh listen everyone does it i'm not judging you i'm just saying yeah most people like if she really went digging just like you went digging on her she could find that out and then she threw that in your face oh that's a little harsh but i could get why she would do that because she you know you're cheating on you're banging her husband but she fucked the babysitter I still can't get past that. How, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so if she calls me a whore, I'm just like, whatever, fucking whore. You're a whore, too. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, yeah. I don't get offended by whatever she's going to say to me. It's just, it is what it is. Well, you, you know? could understand, you know, I mean, I just, yes. I just wonder yes. how many times she's caught him before, because like I said, he's very, <laughs> it's very odd that, you know, he's on Tinder with his face right there in his own town, you know, hooking up. I know. And, and they both live here like their whole life. Like most people that live here have lived here their whole life. I've noticed. <laughs> right. And like you said, he's on his phone constantly texting you. So he's looking down on his yeah. uh, probably when he's with her. He's one of those. I know. That's what weirds me out. I'm just like. I am a total loner living by myself. I have no kids. Like, from my perspective, I'm like, what is this person doing that has, like, four people living with him and, like, all these pets and family members stopping by? And how are you, like, texting me all the time? Like, it made me nervous, like, every day. And I always just thought, well, this will be the last time I talk to him because he's just good. And he texted me from his fucking regular number. Like, she could just see the phone bill of every thousands of texts that were sent you know <laughs> yeah i think sometimes when people are married for a really long time you know because i've yeah. had other people and i'm like on and i'm always curious like where do you text these people and who are they in your phone like because i'm always worried that these people are going to get caught you know and uh yeah. i i noticed that there's a lot of times with these people that are married for a really long time they're like oh they would never look like they're just so complacent maybe sometimes in their marriage that yeah. they no one's like looking through the phones or giving <laughs> a shit that they're looking at their phone and not paying attention anymore i don't know you know they might be very like past that stage where they're like you know married but not really you know the spark is gone and they don't really care about each other but they're together for the kids you know and they're just oh, yeah. stuck in like a routine and that's why he's cheating she's probably still cheating on him who knows i don't know i mean did she yeah. start busting up your phone with text or did she just send you one rude text she sent me a really rude one and then I didn't respond for like a week. And, you know, there's nothing that I could respond or say that would make the situation any better or sound good. There's nothing I'm going to say that she's going to think I sound like a great person, you know. So uh -huh. I tried to just be nice and say I wish you the best and stuff. And she just called me and told me I was a whore and swallowing his cum and tickling his asshole. <laughs> I was like, all right. I mean, I don't have a problem swallowing cum. That's not offensive to me. You know? I mean, what was she giving you details about the stuff that you guys did together? I don't understand. I don't know if he told her or what. But yeah, those were just some of the things like she said to me on a voicemail and that she didn't care if I killed myself or whatever. But like I said, I wouldn't get too offended by it. I actually kind of was laughing about it because she did whatever she did. I'm not judging anybody. It's just like... I honestly just at this point in my life don't think fucking is that big of a deal, I guess. So from my perspective, like, maybe I justified it in my mind a little because I'm like, well, they're just fucking whores anyway, just like me. And I just wanted, I just want to fuck. You know? so. Who's a fucking whore just like you? I mean, the married couple, the guy and the woman. Oh, you know right. I mean? yeah, right. So, of course, you're going to have to put it in your brain somehow so that yeah. you could feel, like you said, justified in the way that you're doing. You're not doing it knowing that. it's bad. You had to figure it out some way so that you could move forward and do what you were going to do and without a guilty conscious. Sometimes, yeah. though, I feel like when you do get caught in a situation like that, that's when all the feelings of guilt sort of flood in. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, I yeah. what the fuck was I doing? And then you could get, you know, because then you're really face-to-face. -face. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. What does Ashley Madison have to do with it? 
Oh, I don't know if I put that or not, but... Are you on Ashley Madison? I went on there a little bit, and it sucks. Like, I never met anybody off of there, but um, I'm just saying, like, in Salt Lake in general, maybe you think it's some great, like, religious place, but there's tons of just married guys out there trying to fuck. Like, I talked to, I've talked to quite a few of them just on dating sites, like, not met any of them, because I was so, like, down this rabbit hole with this one guy, like, and he took up most of my time. Like, maybe that's why, too, is, like, he was just trying to keep me on the hook and occupy all my time, so I didn't have time to, like, fuck around with anyone else or something. <laughs> but you, he was doing it for to occupy his time, too. I mean, I've yeah, been with people like totally. that before, and it's very captivating and right. uh, when they're yeah. like i think it's called like love bombing you know they're it just, is, exactly. yeah um but yeah. i think that there's something phony about that like there's something addictive about that to that where you know on some level you're like is this all about me or is this a little bit about something going on with you because it's I don't think that that's uh, it. You know, no relationship, first of all, can 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 sustain that twenty four seven for the rest. You know what I mean? Who's who's in yeah. a relationship in a normal relationship texting twenty four seven every minute of the day? Yeah, <laughs> it's a little much. But I I understand getting taken taken by it if you're on the receiving end. I've been involved with that kind of guy, you know, and yeah. I think that. Um, you know, there's a little bit of bullshit there, you know, it, it like, you know, how much of that is really real, but I, I get that you could fall for it. But you have to think yeah. to yourself, like, what part of you, like, what part of him is needing that and, and doing that? Because that's an extreme, right? And then what part of you is sucking it up and living on it? Because yeah. it's the same it's kind of like the same maybe parts of you, you know, that you're looking for something but it's not really yeah. reality. But, you know, like like I said, I think that relationships like that, like you were like flicking through Tinder. There was probably a lot of guys that weren't married, right? The first guy that yeah. you meet that is, and that's the one you sort of went with, probably on a sub... I don't think that you consciously make these... We don't consciously make choices to attach ourselves yeah. to bad people. Do you know what I mean? Never. And I have only had terrible relationships in my life, so I'm not judging you. I totally... <laughs> I'm I'm there with you, okay? I totally understand. Totally. I just think on on a subconscious level, we choose people who are unavailable when we're unavailable. Exactly. Yeah, and I never wanted to stay in Salt Lake City, and I've always just told him that. Like, I hate Salt Lake City. I'm going to move back to Oregon because I love Oregon, and that's always been my plan. And, like, you're right. I didn't intentionally set out to meet a married guy on Tinder at all. No. Never, the thought never even crossed my mind. I never right. cheated in my relationship. Right. I've never actually cheated in a relationship. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I'm not totally divorced. I couldn't totally put myself out there and you're right. Like it was yeah. a discreet thing that I didn't have to have anyone meet him or anything like that. My husband, my still, I'm still currently married. Like my yeah. husband wouldn't have to know about him or, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah. just, I was looking for a friend with benefits. I thought it was going to be a one-time hookup, but he just kept wanting to see me. And it was just kind of overwhelming. And like you said, the love bombing, it's a hit of dopamine. Like every time you get a text. And yeah. And then it's a really good distraction for you for whatever's going on, especially through a pandemic. Okay. Let's not take that out I of know. this. You can't take that out of this story. Okay. I know. I know. <laughs>
<laughs> I know a lot of girls. I know a, I have a lot of single friends that would have loved to be love bombed by anybody during this pandemic. Because if you were single and alone, you're like, it was, and you know, what do you have to focus on? Nothing, just all bad stuff. You know, it's a, it's a tough time. So it's very, it, it's like the perfect storm for you to get, you know, fall into a situation that maybe you would have never otherwise found yourself in. Exactly. That You put it perfectly. Like, I didn't seek out for it to happen. It just happened, and I went with it, and now it's over. But that's what people need to know, because I think people could get very judgy, right? Like, oh, you know, on one end. You're going to, listen, this is going to be on YouTube. And you're going to see comments on the bottom, right? It's just like, that's fine. I actually would want to talk to people because I'm kind of bored right now. So yeah, fine. right. And that's, but see, listen to what you just said. I mean, that's another reason why this guy was great because you, you weren't bored when he was love bombing you. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have time oh, for yeah. that. And, you know, I yeah. think like, because it's interesting, you said like, oh, I moved, you know, you got divorced, and then you moved there because your whole family's there. But I think you know, on some level you needed to go back there to sort of end that whole Mormon phase of your life and yeah. you're in the middle of it and you're, but you're going to leave again. Right. I mean, you, you, but, Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think that that will really help, you know, and I think you'll be able to make sense of the situation when you're out of it, maybe two years, you look yeah. back and be like, okay, yeah, that wasn't right. But it was like, and people are going to yeah. be horrified by me saying that, but like it, the only thing you were ready for at that time and on some level it was right. Same with him. Right. Like we don't know what's going on with yeah. him and in that marriage and everything, you know? Right. Yeah. I would, I'd like to feel that I helped him. He told me that I helped him. And so that's what I'm taking away from it. And like, I think a po subconscious part of me, like, I, maybe I wish my dad would have just fucked around and like had a good time before he died or something. I think there's, like you said, some deep weird shit going on and everything happens for a reason. And I ended up back in Salt Lake to just resolve some past issues. And I think he was probably actually like the perfect person for me to meet at this point in my life. Cause I just got out of such a horrible situation and he was just so nice and he probably prevented me from meeting some real fucking creepy asshole dudes. Like while I was at this vulnerable like stage in my life, you know, like, yeah, but also when listen, anything, whether it's alcohol or, you know, getting addicted to a guy in your life or anything. And I've been addicted to all those things, right? I'm an addict on uh -huh. every level. And I've been yeah. like a love addict where I could just become obsessed with mm -hmm. a guy and just like, I can't yeah. look away and you know, whatever there's no matter totally. how bad it is, you know? Um, and, but, and that has only been, and a lot of times when I look and I put it in place in my life, why was it happening? Cause I was like trying to avoid something else that was going on. So it was like the perfect distraction. So sometimes when something yeah. is too intense that you, emotionally like a divorce or the ending of your whole marriage and, you know, you're really confused about what's going on. Something comes in like this that really takes your attention someplace else. It really helps because you're like avoiding your feelings. You know, you're yeah. not fully facing them. I remember I had uh, like a like an affair, quote unquote. I was like in my 40s and my and I was like fucking a 25 year old from the gym. You know what I mean? And I felt nice. <laughs> Some people don't think that's bad. People think it's fine. But I didn't feel right about it. But I did it. And I was like so into him, like obsessed with him. I was never going to date him. But yeah. I was like uh, like obsessed with the whole scenario. But my sister was going through breast cancer at the time. And I'm very, very close with my sister. And I remember being able to look back 
years later and realize like, oh my God, like that's what I was doing. I was like driving around with her while she was like getting chemo and getting wigs. And I'm like sitting there just like talking about myself and the stupid relationship that I was having. And I was, so, it was, I was so not present for her, mm-hmm. but I just didn't know how to be because it was too emotional for me and I didn't know how to get there. Do you know what I'm saying? So it was like really yeah. like a distraction. So I wouldn't have to focus on something that was, uh, um, like you know right. hardcore and that's what's so bad about being an addict because you do check out right and you're not really present um for yep. important things in your life um and so that's what i would do i would find bad relationships to get hyper fixated on so that i wouldn't have right. to deal with emotions or anything deeply emotional for yeah. myself because that was hard to face now you have a lot of things that were probably coming full circle for you when you left that marriage you know um, yeah. and you know, you get a guy like this, like I said, it's the perfect storm. It's, and you get a pandemic that would have just, you just be sitting in your room, staring at yourself, thinking about all the terrible yeah. things in your life. So instead comes this guy who yeah. offers you the perfect distraction, you know? And so you were right yeah. for the taking, like, I mean, it was just like, why, like a lot yeah. of people would do the same thing in your situation, you know? I would, I have, I understand. Yeah. I wonder though, because I know when you are addicted to a situation or you get taken into that kind of a thing, even if there's 1% of you that is still hooked on that situation, you feel like you're in jail. Like it's really hard to yes. fully let go. And I, I wonder well, like, I, I, it's only a month out, you are probably still in jail in that, am I right? I think so, but I'm trying, like, after today, just really let it go. Like, that's why I wanted to just, like, talk to you about it. Then I talked to a friend, an old friend in Portland about it who's gone through, like, similar scenarios. And I'm just trying to get it all out so yes. I can just move on and move past it and have a better future and not sit here. I'm not going to sit here and dwell on it forever, but you have to go through whatever you have to go through to get past it. Though, yeah, the only know? way out of something is through it, yeah. 100%. But you have to just let go of this situation. And I think it really helps. It's going to really help for you when you hear yourself talking about this as a third person. Like, you're going to be like, wow, right. that's really fucking powerful. Not just you talking to me. It's when you listen to yourself talking about right. it. Do you know what I mean? Like if your girlfriend called you up and was like, oh, I'm like, you know, I can't get over this guy that was cheating on his wife with me. You know, it's like you would be like, duh. So it's going to help you a little bit because I know that feeling of being stuck on a situation that, you know, in your mind is wrong. It's totally over. But like you're still a little bit hooked and it's very painful because you just want to break free, you know? Yeah, for sure. And just questioning, like I said, for me, it's just like, what does it all mean? Can I trust anybody ever again? Like, why do you guys even say or do these things? Or why say I love you and blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to process through all of it and be better for the experience. Before you question the guys just keep your focus on yourself and just keep working on yourself and what how much you trust yourself to take care of you and to make the right decisions and to put yourself in the right places you have to treat yourself better I think the fact that this sort of temporary bullshit relationship that you were in 
has ended is a sign that you are ready to move on and you're probably more available for something more real and you have all of that ahead of you. So bye-bye, married psycho, fucking gaslighter, narcissist with the jailbait wife. Like, you know, leave that all there. You're going to get on a plane. You're going to move the fuck someplace else. You're going to, and you're going to figure out what you really want. Like, do you ever want to get married and have kids? Like, like, what does your future look like for you? I don't know. I want to join just like a big family or something. Honestly, maybe that's what subconsciously drew me to him too. Because like, I really honestly just don't have anybody in my life. So I wouldn't mind being like a stepmom or a step grandma. I don't know if I'll have kids at this point. It's not like something that's super important to me, but I could see myself being with someone who's a little older, like that has a family in place. Oh, that's yeah. Not, oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah. Like you want that because you don't have that. Exactly. So right. I think like, being with this older guy who's like seven years older than me made me realize like maybe I want to be with someone who's a little older and maybe I was like afraid of that before. So the, I'm just taking away like good lessons, like you said, from that and and taking away the positives that I learned from what I want for like my future and just leaving this behind. I didn't ever want to stay here. I thought I would only be here three months. That's the only reason I ever started like seeing him, you know, and it just kept going and going and it turned like with the virus, it just never ended. Like I could, it hit all of us like a slap in the face. Nobody knew like what was going to happen. And it's still going. <laughs> oh my God. Didn't I, what were, and we were so dumb. Think about how dumb we were thinking it was going to just be three weeks. If you really yeah. thought it through, I you're know. like, yeah, this isn't going to end until we get a vaccine. But I don't think we could have ever believed that in the beginning because it would have just been too devastating. If you would have told I, me on March 15th that, you know, a year later, we'd be still in the same position. I would have killed myself. And I saw somebody throw themselves off a building during oh the pandemic God. and kill themselves right in front of me. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It oh has been God. a very terrible, yes. terrible, terrible time. And in a weird way, maybe it was good that none of us really understood how bad it was going to get or be. And like I said, when I said the joke, like, oh, I know a couple because I had a girlfriend that was like sweating guys through this whole pandemic. She was just like dying to meet a guy. And it's like, how are you even going to do it? You know, she would have been so jealous of the fact that you had a married guy sweating you for the whole time. (laughs) I mean, because it's it's like, there's just a, yeah, it was like, just nothing, just nothing going on just like a big fat nothing you know it's like groundhog day in the worst way you know everyone's sort of biggest fear of just a mundane life of nothing no happiness no joy so you had this little thing that you took and if you have any guilt about it or ever face those feelings like you know you did something wrong or bad or it wasn't right on whatever level because you didn't, but you're not like a wrong or bad or not right person. And same for him too. Who knows what's going yeah. on in that relationship and how many times he's cheated before know. and what she's known, you know. I think that you'd be better off spending your time, like I said, instead of worrying about like, there's always going to be guys like this. You know, what you have to do is yeah. get yourself to a place where you wouldn't be attracted to it. That because you wouldn't need it. And I think that, you know, if you really would focus on exactly what you're looking for and be open to a real relationship again, when you do that, you won't have any you won't have any time for it. You'll attract the right person to you and you're not going to be ready there. You got to leave. Yeah. 
And if the sex wasn't so amazing with him, I probably wouldn't have even kept going. But it made me realize, too, that I want to find somebody that I can just have really amazing sex with because it does exist and it can happen. So it made me a believer again that I could maybe, like, have a sexual, deeper sexual chemistry with somebody, I guess. So, yeah, it's given me hope. Yeah. And uh, why do you think you stayed with him for so long, too? I mean, it wasn't just the love bombing. It was the great sex. That's that's a that's really yeah. hard to walk away from. That's a pull and uh, that is just really powerful, you know, like really powerful oh, chemistry when you really have it is very hard to walk a- away from. But, you know, yeah, you need to find somebody who's available when you're available that you also have yeah. that spark with because you didn't have it with your husband either. Right. I mean, for no, not really ever looking back on it and like. I went into that relationship thinking I could change him. And I guess that's one thing I could say that I've learned is just like, don't go into a relationship thinking you can change somebody. Like that's one thing I took away. From them. Yeah. Duh. That's what all girls do. Like, We're women. We have hope. Yeah. We have hope. Yeah. We think don't we can fix. Like, that's, a, that's what it is. Yeah. But I think that that's an, I just talked about it on a show before. Like that's like an innate woman thing. I think yeah. that, that in this situation, I mean, you went in knowing. It's not like you got duped. I mean, how no. early into that relationship did he turn around and say, hey, I'm married? Oh, like before we even met in person, I pursued it. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was right. highly attracted to him and just felt some sort of draw. And we met like five days after we started chatting on Tinder and had sex like within that first week. And so it just really escalated really quickly for both of us. And, um, like he started telling me he loved me about six months into it. Like, and that's just, I guess what really confused me and really drew me in emotionally to where I was like, why? Well, that's better. I thought you were going to say six days into it. Okay. (laughs) Well, some guys do that. I'm telling you, like, and people get taken by that shit. I've heard girlfriends tell me, oh, he's like already saying, I love you. I'm like, that's a red flag. They can't love you. Like that's bullshit, you know, but um, that it was six months later that he told you. So I don't know. That's when I started getting just like overly sentimental about it and drawn in a lot. Like winter is hitting, you know, the holidays, and maybe that played a role too. But um, yeah, so I just thought it was going to go. Maybe I just thought it was going to end more gracefully, I guess, and that I was just going to leave, and no one was ever going to know. Please, and it was like, <laughs> Please, no, you could it, stuff like that. I mean, but that, listen, that's why you learn, right? And that's why maybe yeah. next time a guy tells you he's married, you might be like, see you later, because sure. there's always going to be consequences. So, you know, consider yourself lucky. Consider, you know, check it off like lesson learned. Okay, thanks. You know, never do that yeah. again and move yeah. on. I'm on the fence of whether I want to be in a serious relationship or not. Like until you figure out what you're really looking for, you're going to attract people that are in the same place too, you know? So if you're on the fence, just know that, you know, you'll meet probably guys who are on the fence too. For sure. For sure. And be careful because, you know, you can be, taken anyone can with somebody that tells you nice things and texts you all the time and all that stuff is very you're not you're like no different than the mouse in the cage right that is given given things right i mean we're all animals we could get there's like pickup artist classes where they teach men how to like get women hooked to them i mean like you know it's like 
I feel like that's the, what this guy is taking or something. Yes. Like he's gone to class. <laughs> yeah, you're and you're the you were the mouse. You were the mouse. You fell for it. But the reason they did those studies, it's it it happens. It's real. It it works. Right. It fucking I know, works. I know. Okay. I was vulnerable. I fell for the bait, and you know, I'm not going to beat myself up over it. I'll take away the good from it, and. Um, yeah, I just want to get and move to where I'm going to be and then decide like what I want from a relationship if I want anything, but I got to get the hell out of Salt Lake. It's, I hate it here. So. Yeah, you did what you needed <laughs> to do. Step. You broke ties yeah. with something that wasn't working yeah. in your life anymore. You know, this guy kept you company in the meantime and now it's time to leave and and be lucky that it's over. It was nine months. Be very proud Mm -hmm. of yourself that you were able to leave your last husband and you didn't wind up like a girl on Dateline. Like I always like tell people like, I mean, these people do murder their wives. That's, that's the every Dateline story. I watch that stuff all the time. It's like, yeah, heed the warning. Like this shit happens, you know? And yeah. And so I think it's really great that you did that and you should feel very empowered by that. And you're really, you know, have made a lot of the right decisions. You know, I don't think going into a relationship with a married man is the right decision. Right. But (laughs) but like I said, it was like the perfect storm. And we've all done shit like that. Like on some level, you got yours. You got the bad, rude text messages from the wife. You're not with him (laughs) anymore. No, I'm not. And I won't ever be. So it's all good. Yeah, it's over. So it was the, uh, honestly, it's the best thing that it happened. That happened. That um, it ended for you, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm just uh, gonna put everything in place in my life. Like you said, I'm gonna try to get a degree. I'm just gonna put myself in places I want to be, and the right people will be like attracted to me. Like you said, and when I'm in a space in my life where I'm happy and can decide what I want, then it'll be. Like you said, like energies attracted. He wasn't available. I wasn't available. We both got what we wanted from each other. And the silver lining is like it helped me get over my abusive ex and forget about him. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what you needed. That's what you needed at that time. Now you need to get out of Salt Lake. So you need to focus all of your energy and stuff on where are you going to go, getting the place to move to, whether it's a house or an apartment, getting your plane ticket and getting out and like doing that kind of stuff, you know, focus all your attention on that. And then when you get to where you're going to go, that's when you start to figure out what you want. Yeah. And things are falling into place just like how you're saying, like, um, I'm going to close on, a, I'm selling real estate and I'll get some money from that and I'll be able to just move out of Salt Lake um, and start the process within the next few weeks. And I'm just focusing on that and yeah. looking for storage units and even looking for properties to buy like in a specific place I want to move. And I'm going to move on and meet a sexy surfer who wants to fuck all day and I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And listen, what's wrong with that? If that's what you want, do you know what I mean? Like maybe, listen, you were married for so long. Like maybe you just want to have some booty calls, but try to just like make your next booty calls or like maybe it's just guys you want to date that are just a little bit more available. And they, so you don't wind up in this messy situation. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Lessons learned. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's harsh, but that's the only way you learn. Trust me, I have a five-year-old. I mean, sometimes I'm like, fine, you have to learn <laughs> the hard way, you know? But that's like sometimes the best way because you really do learn. But anyway, I hope you get something out of 
talking to me. I hope you get something even more when you listen to this back. Now, when you go to YouTube, there's going to be a lot of people commenting. Some people are horrified because people like, you know, you got to understand there's trolls out there. I deal with it because I get bad reviews and shit. And then, but a lot of, and so I have a thick skin to it, but people sometimes that are on my show see the YouTube stuff and they're like, oh my God, you know, don't worry about it, but you could get in conversations. I've been a bartender. I've been a manager. Oh my God. I've been yelled at in so many different ways i'm all right but i I don't i mean like you know i always try to sort of you know i always try to show people like i don't know a a different side of a story than to make people non-judgmental because i'm not judgmental on you know so i just hope that people don't see it but you just can't help some people that are just super judgmental and listen with their blinders on and they just don't hear the bigger picture so you know take it with a grain of salt but hopefully some people will have some words of encouragement for you on youtube and let me know what you think after you listen to it and thanks so much for calling in what do we call yeah, you? Julie. Uh, Jewel. Or oh, Julie, Jules. Yeah. yeah, Jules, Julie. All right. Thanks so much for calling in. Good luck with everything. Right, thanks. thanks, Kathy. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.